Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football right here on On Texas Football, presented by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. I want to thank them for sponsoring today's show. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined each and every morning by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, both of On3 and Inside Texas. And guys, of course, we're waiting on the decision from five-star wide receiver Ryan Wingo today. But Jerry, you also recently visited a five-star defender, and I'm going to let you tell everybody about that. Yeah, I was over at McKinney High yesterday to see Xavier Phil Same. Uh, oh, the five-star safety committed to Florida. Uh, Texas offered him on his way to the Cotton Bowl as a guest of Texas for the Texas OU game. I just published a story in Inside Texas with his uh, quotes about Blake Gideon, about Texas. Um, Texas is trying to get him on campus for BYU this weekend. Dad has work stuff, so I'm not sure it's going to happen. He's scheduled to be at USC, actually, November 4th. Uh, but I really think Florida and Texas are the two here. Oregon's trying. Georgia's trying. But I was told yesterday, Georgia ain't it. Um, Oregon's trying. He likes Coach Hampton at Oregon. Um, they're trying to get him out in November for a visit. But I really think Texas, Florida. I mean, I think the best chance to beat Florida is Texas. His father lives here in McKinney. His mom lives in Orlando. He was born in Florida. Spent half his life in Florida. Oh, it was so interesting about talking to him yesterday. And first of all, Whale of a talent, guys. I mean, I walked away from there, and I'm not saying he's as good as Derek Williams, but I'm not saying he can't be that level guy. Uh, he's he's different. Um, he is oozes athleticism on a strong frame. Now, I mean, this kid can really run, but he's quick and fast, changes directions, shows good eyes, has good ball skills, plays wide receiver, was a wide receiver as a young player before moving to safety. Um, he's got it all as a prospect on the surface, right? We, you don't get on a board with these guys and say, what, what does this coverage look like or anything? That's the college stuff, Joe, coach's job. But I talking to the staff, the head coach Marcus Shavers played at Arkansas. He's been around a lot of good players. He said this kid absolutely has the uh, eyes and mind to play safety. Uh, defensive coordinator says the same thing. Uh, but the interesting thing with him yesterday, you know, you, this is why you go visit schools and talk to these kids in depth. He grew up a Florida State fan. He didn't even like Florida. Florida State dropped the ball in the recruitment, which is interesting, first of all. But he was like, I didn't really like Texas because everybody else liked Texas. So it's interesting just to hear to hear these kids um, and talk about their recruitment. Uh, but he grew up a Florida State fan. Florida recruited him harder and earlier than Florida State did. Uh, which is interesting. And I think he's getting past the fact that Texas didn't offer it. They offered really late in the game, but they have to get him to campus. If they get him to campus, I think it's going to be worth following, but they have to get him to campus. He's a midterm graduate in December. So Texas does not have a lot of time to work with here, but that also means if you can get him to campus, um, you know, late November, early December, maybe, then you have a chance to, to swing things dramatically. But we'll see. He's talked to Gideon more than once. He's talked to other Texas staff members, but he's a hell of a talent. Um, and uh, there are some ties in the state of Texas for him that he has. Jerry, hey, Jerry, excuse me. It sounds like to me that he's really open. Like it's not, this is not, like it, when, we when we first heard of this offer, we thought, eh, this sounds like it's still a slam dunk for Florida. Now you're you, after going up there and investigating a little bit. It seems like if he's looking at USC and Oregon and going on other visits, this 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 recruitment's not closed shop. No, I mean, it's not. It's not closed up. It's definitely not closed uh, up. And you know, it's interesting. What Florida has 
uh, is LJ McCray just committed. That class is stuck together. They they're Florida's five and two, but now look, the rest of Florida's schedule I think is what these teams are banking on, hoping it helps them too. Um, because Florida has Georgia this weekend. I mean, if they beat them, you, know, you may as well quit recruiting the kid. But, uh, you know, but they have Georgia at Missouri, which is suddenly a game you're not going to be favored in, right? They still have at LSU. They have Florida State at home. Um, so they have a lot of games left where they can either say, Billy Napier and say, I, I turned the corner. If that guy goes eight and four on that schedule, pretty good, right? Uh, if they struggle at the end, then, with the 24 schedule, which I think Florida has the toughest schedule in the country next year, and the kid knows it and people know it, it, it it's the way you look at Florida. Um, but I, I don't think it's a shut-door recruitment right now, that's for sure. Uh, on Ryan Wingo, uh, he commits at four today. Um, the recruiting money, and I'm not talking NIL, I'm talking in our industries on Missouri. Um, that's where the picks are. Um It'll be interesting to see what he does. I, Texas has never hasn't given up. They've been in contact with him. I think uh, the industry uh, we're, we're all we're all thinking Missouri, even though the RPM says Texas. The picks uh, are all on the side of Missouri right now. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But uh, Texas hasn't given up because you know Sark doesn't walk away. Uh, it's interesting that uh, now we now we're going to find out what exactly Texas wants to do. The only other. <laughs> Real offer out there that Texas is pursuing right now is Isaiah Williams out of uh, Carroll Wood Day, the other receiver that's committed to Florida. Another player committed, also committed to Florida right now. Um, Jerry, uh, it, Wingo's recruitment has been back and forth and ebbed and flowed. Uh, Missouri's always hung around the rim, uh, the local school, so to speak. Um, Luther Burden is their star receiver, and he's having a breakout year for sure. Um, but at the same time, Mizzou lost Dominic Lockett to the portal last year Yeah, uh, to Georgia. So they've lost guys uh, via NIL, uh, uh, allegedly, et cetera. So how do we even handicap this? Is this one of those that, that Missouri's all in on and it's just going to depend how everything uh, kind of comes out in the wash? Yeah, I, I think what's interesting to me about his recruitment is, you know, when he started scheduling visits, it was Michigan, Georgia, Texas, Tennessee, right? I mean, those are schools that he was visiting. Um, that's not a recruitment of a kid that's looking to go to Missouri when the recruitment starts. There's just no doubt. That guy had very big eyes, and I think he's had very big eyes for his college football experience, also being in a, you know, I think what appeals, has always appealed to him about Austin is the same things that appeal. He, he told me this way back that appealed to Arch Manning. It's a big enough city where if, when I get away from football, I have a life. It's not just football. Um, and there's a lot of networking there. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities there. I mean, look, obviously, NIL is a big part of this recruitment. There is no way around it. it it's a big part of this recruitment. Uh, but uh, Sark, those guys have been in on him for over a year. Uh, but I just his recruitment did not start with a kid that had eyes for going to Missouri. It started bigger than that. No offense to Missouri. But we'll see where it ends today because where it ends is all that matters. <laughs> Uh, we got some other recruiting questions, guys, uh, that Jerry, I'm going to go ahead and let you address if you don't yeah. mind. And I know you answered this yesterday, but Antoine, uh, I think he missed it. So I'm going to ask you again. He says, Jerry, did you see 2025 wide receiver Emmanuel Choice at Lancaster? Is there any interest on either side? Yeah. You know, what's interesting is we talk about guys who are rising up the rankings and recruiting. That is one. Uh, I mean, Emmanuel Choice, uh, he's six. 
four at 185, 190. There it is. He was a 14, 5, 510 meter hurdle guy as a sophomore. They're expecting him to run 14, 2, 14, 1 this year. I mean, Bobby, I know that impresses you. When you were you're wide out and you're 6'4, 190 pounds, if you can if you can clip around 14 in the 110 hurdles, first athletically, you're you're kind of a freak. Um, but what he showed me on junior tape, which is one of the reasons I went up there. I went up there to check on Corey Gibson, but I also want to take a look at this guy after watching some junior tape. Good hands, arms extended pass catcher, quick enough off the line. Um, a guy who was hurt last spring. Um, Oklahoma still offered him. They're the first school to offer. He's picked up about nine offers, 10 offers since then. Ole Miss, Lane Kiff was by the school two weeks ago. They're recruiting Kiwan Lacey, the running back committed to Nebraska, who's visiting Alabama officially for LSU, by the way. I learned that and got that news out for Tim Watts and the on three people uh, Monday when I was at Lancaster. But uh, Emmanuel Choice, Texas, have any interest yet? No, they know about him. But I'll say this, I'm going to have some more stuff tomorrow from this trip, but Emmanuel Choice wants to hear from Texas. He's watched Texas play this year. Uh, he is a guy that I believe Texas will thoroughly evaluate at the wide receiver position in 2025. I think he's on his way to being a top 150 type kid in the country, if not higher, depending on where everything shakes out nationally with wide receivers. He's he just he's too big, he's too fast, he's too mobile, um, and what he's showing as a pass catcher is going to impress people. All right, well, we got some more to get to, but Bobby, before we do that, I'm going to let you tell everybody about Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Yeah, this uh, morning's Coffee and Football, Wednesday morning's Coffee and Football is brought to you by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, he's been helping injured Texans for two decades now. Uh, give him a call at 512-280-0800 or visit the LowyLawFirm.com. Think about Adam. Uh, he develops relationships with his clients, really cares about them. Uh, the other thing is he gives you a free consultation. So if you've been injured on the job or uh, in a bad car wreck and you think you might be deserve some compensation or want to file suit, give Adam a call. 512-280-0800 or visit him at LoweyLawFirm.com. Appreciate you, Adam. Okay, guys, we're going to get to some more recruiting in a second. But first, one of the things I wanted to talk about is yesterday the players met with some of the media members uh, and they discussed the quarterback situation, mainly Malik. And uh, Bobby, I, I know that you kind of took some of that in, so I'm going to let you take it away. Yeah, I mean, Xavier Worthy, uh, Jade Barron, they were all asked about Malik and what he brings to the table. And I thought Jade Barron was probably the most interesting, uh, you know, he said that uh, Malik's just a different style of quarterback. He said that, our, our, uh, he said that Quinn, uh, Quinn is more of a touch passer. Malik's more of a fired in there passer. So it, what that means to me is you'll you'll probably see completion rate percentage drop, but you may see more difficult throws made uh, into tighter windows. We'll see uh, exactly what uh, what occurs here. But um, I actually felt just from from uh, you know listening to some of it. I felt that they were, I don't want to say overconfident because that wasn't the, 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 the words that I would, I would use, but mildly confident about Quinn, about Malik Murphy being the, the quarterback at the university of Texas. It, it wasn't, Oh no, we got to really play our best. Now that, that Malik's in there, it was, Hey, he's got a game. Let's, let's go play. Um, and I felt like, 
Jerry and, and Blake, that was a good attitude, but it was more than just attitude. It's like there, there was some belief or there is some belief there from the Texas players. They're not, they don't think it's like jumping off a cliff, right? So if I, and I wrote this on inside Texas today, think about, and, and about why recruiting matters. Think about if Donovan Smith would have went out in that game in the fourth quarter against Texas. Yeah. <clears throat> you think anybody would have picked Houston to, to win that game? I mean, they didn't win, win it with him. Right. right. Okay. There's, it, this is why recruiting matters. You don't want to fall off the cliff when new guys come in. Um, and I, I do think it's good that he's been in the program for almost two full years now. Uh, I think that he knows the team. He knows the players. He's not, you know, fresh uh, where he doesn't understand who Xavier Worthy is, right? Arch Manning and Xavier Worthy haven't had a lot of, you know, time together. Uh, and so I feel like if I look at it this way, I, I was encouraged by, I really was encouraged because I felt like there was mild confidence, not overstated, not off the charts, but enough there that they feel like they can still play with an attitude on Saturday, if that makes sense to you guys. It, there's there's a there's a fine line, right, Jerry? You know yeah. what I'm talking about. You, you, if you go from one one, uh, it, you know, a top guy, and then all of a sudden you're going to level D or something, right? There's a big drop off. I, I don't know that they expect a huge drop off. They know there is one, but they think he can get the job done. It's clear. I think I think what's so interesting. It's I'm so fascinated about this game. Um, I really am, and. And because of the quarterback situation now, um, what's so interesting about breaking in a first-time starting quarterback is, you know, when when um, uh, Quinn Ewers makes his made his first start, it's against ULM, UL Monroe. You know, you're going to win the game if he throws the early pick like he did. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in the in outcome of the game in that situation, Malik. Arch, if both of them play, their first game's against BYU, a power five opponent. And it's not like you're four and three. You're six and one ranked seven in the country with a lot to play for. Um, so it's it's such a different situation. I'm so fascinated by it. one. That's one. Two with Malik. What, what makes it fascinating is that they did they've done a mechanical overhaul with him, which doesn't happen a lot of times with quarterbacks. Um, and Sark loves that development, right, of a quarterback. This is this what makes this so interesting as a quarterback is when somebody really changes up your delivery, length of delivery, um, and everything like that. It, it, it's always interesting to me when a guy plays and he gets under duress, which you can't replicate in practice. It's easy to have a short, compact motion against air and in, it, when it doesn't matter in a spring game when they're going to blow the whistle you're not going to get hit right but when you're under duress in a game and you know your your time to think about all mechanics are gone do you does it transfer to the field or do you revert that's one of the things i love about our business is watching and following guys like this and saying okay how long does it take for that to work in a game for him to click in a game for him because it's when he's under duress that matters at quarterback. So that's fascinating to me, but Bobby's point about recruiting matters. Now, absolutely. I mean, look, it, it, and then Arch Manning is right there too. So um, recruiting at quarterback really matters. And, 
this is why this the season now has gotten to be so interesting for me because Sark's I said it this morning on radio with uh Aaron and Rod. Sark's in an interesting position, guys, because um Arch Manning is a play away against power five teams and has never taken a snap in college football. That's not really the position. And I always go back to the Alabama game last year, two years ago. Quinn gets hurt, Hudson gets hurt. And Charles Wright's warming up on the sidelines about to go into the game. So I, it's going to be interesting to me, Bobby and Blake. I, I just tend to think he's playing both guys Saturday because in some manner he has to. Because you yeah. have State at TCU, at Iowa State, and Tech left. If Malik Murphy goes down, you know, it, it, so Sark's in such an interesting position, but I kind of ramble on Bobby's point. But, yeah, it was a great article, and recruiting absolutely matters for the reason Bobby said. But this game's fascinating on so many levels for me now. Yeah, I want to I read you all a couple of quotes, just give you a sense of what I was talking about earlier. This is from Xavier Worthy, okay? He's just a, confidence, a confident person, talking about Malik. I feel like he just has that confidence regardless of what's going on, okay? That's him. Uh, from Jade Barron. Uh, where is the one I wanted to say? Okay. They like to throw it a little bit different. Quinn has a touch. Malik is kind of a fastball person. Y'all will see. He has a lot of power. He's a strong athletic kid. Michael Taff. He's the first one in the building, last one in. There's not a person that he doesn't know and have a connection with on the team. They, I, I'm telling you guys. He knows we're behind him and that we're rooting for him. That was yeah. Michael Papp. I, 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 I just feel like um, a lot of people, I, U of H would have just about thrown in the towel had they lost Donovan Smith, is my point to you guys. And I, I that Recruiting Matters article, Jerry, I wasn't just talking about quarterback either. I mean, they were down three cornerbacks. Right. I mean, they were down two safeties at one point. They're down. I mean, they they've had issues up and down. I mean, Alfred Collins hurt, Ethan Burke hurt. I mean, you were playing. Texas was playing Aaron Bryant, Jare Bledsoe, and Jamon Tapp in the fourth quarter when it mattered. So it's not. And my point was, it's not just the frontline starters that matter in recruiting. It's the whole team. It's the depth, and this is the time of year where if you have depth it starts showing up because you get more and more injured. Um, and, you know, what would Texas be if they wouldn't have Manny Muhammad? Yeah. Right. And it had got, had signed him or Derek Williams and signed him. Uh, so uh, our five stars now, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, but Jamon Tapp wasn't. Right. And, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like Texas fans uh, and, and not just Texas fans, Fans in general in college football need to appreciate that aspect of recruiting, not just star stargazing, not just the five-star guys. No doubt about it. And it's not just y'all and everybody else that, that's anxious to see what happens. Uh, there's been a lot of former players tweet as well. In fact, I was just bringing this one up, reading it while you were talking, Bobby. Alex Okafor says, there was talk all offseason that we had the best quarterback room in the country. Next few weeks will be interesting. So That's, that's and a great point. One of many, many examples. Well, well, I, well here's the thing. Um, I, the only thing I would say to that, we've had discussions about that, is um, I, I, I'm not willing to say best. I, I'm willing to say ta most talented. 
You can't say oh, that. Yeah, there's a difference. There, but, there's a difference. Well, I just want to be clear that we're not sitting here saying it's – I'm not saying it's the best quarterback in the country, I, team room in the country. I can't say that because Malik and Arch hadn't played a snap of college football. Most talented, arguably. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, look, there's probably three or four teams that have guys that have played multiple games and been there oh. and done that and can get you through a game better. Yeah. Uh, but – uh, from a talent perspective, I'm a big believer in what 100%. Texas has in the quarterback room. Agree. Yeah. From a talent perspective, absolutely. Hey, and by the way, KJ Lacey's going to be at the game Saturday. <laughs> he is coming in. He yeah. is coming in. Yeah. So, and Ryan Williams may be with him. We'll see. But um, when uh, uh, when KJ Lacey's in that locker room and he's sitting there next to Quinn, Malik, Arch, uh, and him, and those four guys are standing next to each other. Each other. Texas will for sure have the most talented quarterback room in the country. <laughs> Even four, if four NF four guys are talking, <laughs> four guys. I'll go back to what I said. This is what this is interesting because I'll never forget. I was at that uh, at the uh, one of those preseason practices we went to, Jerry. Uh, for that, there were media allowed in there for about 15, 30 minutes each practice. Yeah, and I'll never forget. I was sitting there just watching the quarterbacks and Malik uh, along with. Quinn and uh, Arch were there. And I just looked at Chris Del Conte as walking by. I said, I mean, that's $50 million right there. Yeah. Th those guys each are going to make a ton of money in the NFL, um, in my opinion. They have that kind of ability and talent. Um, the one thing I will say this that, that concerns me with Malik and that I, I know has plagued him throughout his tenure in Austin in practice, okay, has been the turnover. Yeah. Okay. Compared to Quinn and compared to Arch, he's turned the ball over a little bit more in practice, is my understanding. And BYU, as we know, has been opportunistic in that regard. They had five turnovers last week against Texas Tech. Uh, they And they rely on their defense to help them really win games, uh, to be fair. They're, they're, they don't get in many shootouts and win. Um, and so uh, you mentioned turnovers, Jerry, and that struck a chord with me. And I wanted to mention that earlier. You mentioned, you know, I feel like that may be the one piece where uh, every young quarterback gets turnover prone once or twice early in their career. Yeah. Right. Uh, that would be the one thing I would worry about with Malik and or Arch uh, early on in their careers. All right, guys. Well, you're watching Coffee and Football presented by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. And uh, plenty of time to get your questions in. So please do so. We'll get to as many as we can. And before I get to this uh, next question, I do want to read the super chat real quick from Jimmy Trevino. He says, it's game time for Kansas State. It's been put on the six-day window, so we won't know until next week what time they play. It depends on how both teams do this weekend. But thank you, Jimmy, for the super chat. And then we have a question here from Colton. And interesting question. He says, if you could bring back one Longhorn for each side of the football, what who would it be? He feels like picking Vince Young's unfair, so you can't pick Vince Young. He says giving Casey Stuttered and Earl Thomas. He also considered Arakpo. Okay, so I wanted this question up because I'm giving Bobby three choices. Blake, I'm giving you three choices. You can only pick one on this defense. Earl Thomas, Brian Arakpo, Derek Johnson. You can only pick one. Fans, y'all can only pick one. Brian Arakpo, Earl Thomas, or Derek Johnson? I'm going Arakpo. Who can this defense more right now? Arakpo. I agree. I mean, I love – y'all know I love Earl Thomas. I mean, he changed – as good as Derek Johnson was, it is, 
linebacker's not the the primary issue right now at Texas. It's edge rush and safety, right? Um, Earl Thomas benefited from some pretty good defensive linemen in his day. Uh, I, I think that I think that Texas has good a good defensive line. They don't have that dude that can get after the passer. You could have added other guys in there, by the way, like Sergio Kendall. Even I would take over the other two. Uh, maybe Brian Robeson over the other two because of what Texas needs in this current situation. But that Jerry, you you made me choose just now between some some of my favorite dudes. Now. I know that, that wasn't very nice. That's not very kind of you. That's not very kind. What about you, Jerry? What's your answer? Yeah, I, I, as crazy. I mean, Derek Johnson. There's, there's never he created so many turnovers. That's I go Arakpo because getting quarterbacks to the ground makes your safety and your defensive backs game uh, uh, takes stress off of those guys. A huge amount. I mean, so it's it, uh, Iraq posed the answer for me. And that's saying to that's pa- bypassing two co- uh, pro football hall of famers. Oh, that's, yeah. that's how, that's how important I think Colin Simmons is in recruiting the Texas. Yeah. That's why I wanted to get the question there. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, we got another super chat, guys. This one from Ashley Harrington's husband. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to give props to Wisner, who keeps making plays on special teams. Those type of guys become future dudes. Ashley's husband here. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Um, not only that, I don't know if you saw this. How many times does a guy like Trey Wisner go in on the victory formation? Right. You realize he's in the game on the victory formation? I thought that was interesting. Um, hey, has anybody had any thoughts about this with him? Safety in the spring? Because, I mean, dude, that guy is a missile on special teams. He's, I mean, and it doesn't equate because Keaton Crawford is too. But I just wonder if Texas, how much they're going to look at guys. And I think they're going to get their answers through recruiting and some position changes in the spring. But, um yeah, because I don't want to pin him like a Keaton Crawford. Keaton Crawford's not a safety, even though he's a physical, fast football player. But Wisner, interesting, you, you know. You, yeah, I don't know if he's ever played defense. The the question I would or the thing I would I would say there is that he definitely has the speed that they lack back there. Yes, so that's an interesting question. I don't think that it's in the cards right now. No, no. Uh, but what I would say is this: more about Trey Wisner and and, and what Ashley's uh, husband uh, would say is. I like guys like him because they're football players first and yep. positions second. Savion Red, same thing. They're little stem winders is what they are. They, 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 they You wind them up and they go. Yeah. And uh, I, I've heard the same thing about Warren Roberson, by the way. No doubt. And that's – add those kind of guys in there. Billy Walton may be a little bit like that, Jerry. So add, add all those guys. Yes, he wants to play, and you can see – that's right. I mean, it's tangible, right? There are certain guys you see play football, and it's it's that extra little bit of – it's a hip check at the end of the play on somebody for no reason, right? Just to be physical, just to put something out there, just to give your, your very last shot. And you those guys, you can literally sense it when they're on the field, and I think that's great. Now he's a young guy. We'll see where he where he pans out, but uh, he, he's clearly a guy that I think is gonna gonna matter at some point in his career at Texas at, on an even deeper level. Just got to figure out where. 
I guess we got more questions here. And uh, actually, I'm going to hit the super chat next real quick uh, from Menu 2 Sports. He says the TV broadcast mentioned Malik had not been fully healthy heading into the Houston game. Hope it's still not the foot issue. Or do y'all have any information on that? Yeah, I don't think it's the foot issue. No. Um, it's it's not the foot issue. It's something else. And we don't know exactly uh, the details. But uh, he missed one day of practice, is my understanding, in the last week. Uh, not this week, but last week. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, it may be an ongoing situation with with him. Uh, but uh, I, I feel like, you know, he's relatively – he's as healthy as he's been since he's been on the 40 acres. I, I did I did hear that from somebody. So uh, just take it that way and, and go forward. We had a couple of hypothetical questions earlier, of course, from Lovely. the area as well. So I'm going to follow it up with another hypothetical. Archmania says, could College Arakpo get to the quarterback in today's Big 12 officiating of no holding calls? There oh, weren't yeah. holding calls back then. <laughs> OU hasn't had what OU's got like two holding calls in 20 years against Texas. I, 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 let, me, let me tell you something. He'd be like, he'd be scary. You know, I know PK's taking a lot of heat, but when I see Ethan Burke lined up wide in the two-point stance, you, just, you, you know how scary Arakpo would be in that? Dude, that guy would be money getting to the quarterback in college football today. I have a question. And this, if anybody wants to go do this today and have fun, a little fun and has some time in, in, while they're working and not really working, uh, go back and tell me how many holding penalties have been called since 1999 against Texas Tech and OU in Texas games. I'd love to hear it because I think it's probably less than 10 for over a 20-plus year period. That's my guess. They don't call holding anymore. It's ridiculous. I mean, Houston held like nobody's business. They, they just don't call it. And what really – irritates me guys and it's really i mean they had back back in the 2000s and, and late 90s they only had one guy behind the line of scrimmage looking for holding now there's two back there they have the uh, i mean there's two and they still don't call it i mean it's i mean baron sorrell got taken down ethan burke got taken down and it's nothing um, you know, yet they call Gunner Helm. Uh, they they see it on the outside. They don't see it in the pocket any, yeah. enough at Agree. all. Agree. They see it when it's one-on-one and it's clear. That's it. it it's just bad. bad. It, I don't know what they need to do, but along with this whole officiating thing going on right now with the uh, microchip that they need to put in the helmet for yes. play calling, uh, that's the other thing. Oh, by the way, we probably need to address that a little. I mean, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. Yeah, but it's going to keep being a uh, a uh, topic. I think I think Harbaugh's in hot hot water on this, guys. There's you just think Harbaugh. There's, there's too much coming out right now, early to know what to just know, think ahead. What's going to come out later? Michigan does not want. Michigan is one of those proud institutions that will not accept a cheater as a head coach. That's that's the real life. And he's coming out the gray area of recruiting. Oh, he went and, you know, was at a recruit's house at midnight or something and stayed the next day. That's one thing. This whole idea of actually cheating is, is a different one for for uh, the University of Michigan. Well, let's talk about another head coach real quick. Then while we're on the subject of that, 
Uh, this comment was from earlier in a different conversation, but I, I started up because I wanted to come back to it from Ski Break. He says, Lincoln Riley was spotted in Chicago with the Bears coach and has missed the last two practices and meetings with the team. Well, it, looked like, it was certainly looked like it this season. <laughs> really? I had no clue about that, uh, <laughs> about Lincoln Riley. That would be surprising, especially given what uh, USC put into that and uh, tried to put the deal on the table. Uh the the other one um, we mentioned just talked about uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh, but the other one Sam Pittman in Arkansas. You know that kind of affects some regional recruits there, Jerry. Uh, he fired his offensive coordinator uh, la- over the weekend after the offensive coordinator put up a big three points against Mississippi State. Final score: seven, Mississippi three. State seven, Arkansas three. I think I'd fire my. That's a Sean Watson level. Performed. I think both teams had under 250 yards, by the way. In he's modern day college football. He, I want to be clear now. He's got K.J. Jefferson at quarterback. Yeah. He doesn't have a bad quarterback. He doesn't have a great quarterback. But he's got a quarterback. Three points. I'd fire him, too. But, I, unfortunately, and I think that's what Sam's going to do is try to get, get another year out of that. And I think he's built enough equity with the fans to do so. Um, but, uh, man, that's a big one for me. I, I think, I think that one, I, I don't know how Arkansas is going to stick with Sam Pittman after this year, if they continue to lose, because he won't have, he'll have shown a one year run of improvement and then gone back down. And those weren't necessarily his players, by the way, he's seeing his recruits now and it ain't it. Well, while we're talking about Arkansas and uh, that situation up there with Pittman, Jerry, this re- question is recruiting related. But Ray Potter says, does Texas get back in with Selman Bridges? Just nothing uh, n- Nothing I, we've heard on that uh, to this point. I mean, I, I think Kobe Black is is target 1A and Texas has a big lead. I think Wardell Mack is target 1B. Uh, Texas is still fighting Florida, FSU, and LSU there. Um, I, I think that's I, Texas didn't push that first go round, and it, what we have learned about this staff is they stay on their top guys unless they find a senior they really really like. I want to say this: uh, I don't think Texas pushed for Selman Bridges the first time. They didn't, and so while he had an offer, they didn't. They and they brought him in. They didn't really push for that commitment, which tells me they had other people ahead of him. And I don't think those other people are truly off the board yet for no. them. And I don't know that Selman Bridges has had the kind of senior season where you would elevate him above those guys either. By the way, um, we talk about the coaching carousel and how that can affect recruiting. Lincoln Riley left USC. All hell's going to break loose in the coaching carousel. I mean, what do they even do? I don't even know who USC – Kellen DeBurr, USC would target probably. I mean, they've gone to Washington before for a head coach, Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see for sure. Uh, we have a super chat here from Johnny Epps, guys. Thank you, Johnny. He says with Malik Murphy and those dig and stick routes are key. I totally agree with this, uh, yeah. especially because of the arm strength. Um, you know, I, and you know, BYU knows that too, though, Johnny. Uh, I, I think that that's the, you know, how are they going to play that? They're going to try to get their linebackers into coverage. Um, and if they do that, that should help the running game. I mean, we'll see. I, I think that this is interesting because none of us have truly seen Malik Murphy play a game. 
Right. And the one thing I saw in spring ball, uh, Jerry and Blake, that, that was interesting to me, I felt like Malik identified some things pre-snap that he liked, maybe as well or better than Quinn at certain times. And instead of going with the necessary play call where it was drawn up, he was looking for certain matchups. He did that uh, to DeAndre Moore a couple times, to be frank. Uh, did it once to Jonte Cook. So he may bring a different element to Sark's play calling. Just, just something to think of. I do think the dig and stick routes are going to be big. Uh, somebody's asking about DeAndre Carter, modern day four-star guard committed to Auburn. Texas would love to get him. Uh, Auburn's uh, is making it very difficult. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Uh, we're going to kind of go back to what you were just talking about, Bobby. Captain Americano, and of course, I know you said we haven't seen him play a game. But he says, what can we expect to see from Malik and or Arch? I'm hoping Sark's game plan incorporates some high percentage passes early to build confidence and timing before uncorking the 50-50 deep balls. And surely, that's well, what we'll if we know any, if we know anything about Sark, it's going to be pass on first play of the game, pass on second play of the game, and probably pass on third play of the game. So, it, it, in – I, they're obviously going to try to get him comfortable. Uh, there's no doubt. Um, I think the most fascinating thing, and Rod Babers, and we got into it last night, and I think it's going to be interesting, is how much of the Big 12 per personnel package does Sark run with Malik to try to go max pro a little bit, help him in pass protection, because you have to protect a first-time starting quarterback. If he starts getting hit and he gets out of rhythm – as a first-time starting quarterback, that's where, to me, things get a little more dicey. Um, and also, you know, if you have that Big 12 package, you can that you can throw the ball vertically without throwing it down the field. He can throw that opposite hash uh, deep comeback that, that Quinn's been throwing. He can throw that with regularity. Some Also, those are routes that A.D. Mitchell, these guys have been running all season, so you're not changing up a, a lot of stuff there. I just wonder, the Big 12 package um, I, with Malik Ogbo, I, I really think that's going to be key for Malik Saturday in his first start. You know, establish the run game, protect him the best you can, maybe not ask the tight end to take on the pass pro role quite as much, Bobby, to help out a first-time starting quarterback. I agree with that. Um my, my, my thought on this is a little bit different. I, I think he stands in against the – like having watched him in practice uh, multiple times, he's different in Quinn in that he, he doesn't evacuate the pocket because he's so big, Jerry. Like he steps – he stands in the pocket. 
uh, and try to – and so they there will be teams that try to collapse the pocket on him. That's yes. the way to get to Malik, not necessarily from around the edge. Um, So we'll see how that works. Uh, and, and there there are going to be some moments on Saturday where he looks like a deer in headlights. I, I'll say it right now. It's going to happen. Remember I said it today because at some point on Saturday – Malik's going to see something that he's never seen before, you know, and the guy's going to be in his chin strap. So that happens. Uh, the question is, how does he react and play through those things overall? I am not sure that – I'm not sure that Sark lets him throw opposite hash stuff, uh, given the fact that that can turn into six points the other way. Yeah. I mean, that – you don't want to dial that up with a young quarterback necessarily. And so that may be the one thing, Jerry, that I actually think that they take off the menu that they did with Quinn that they wouldn't do with with uh, Malik or Arch, but especially not early uh, like this. We'll see. Right, well, plenty of time to get your questions in right here on Coffee and Football presented by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. And we got a super chat, guys. Johnny Epps again. Thank you once again, Johnny. He says, watching Malik in high school in the spring game, it felt like he had the knowledge to choose matchups he likes and go with it. No hesitation. I agree. That's what he did against – that's what he did uh, in the spring game uh, with DeAndre Moore. He isolated – he knew knew DeAndre Moore was going to be isolated against against Michael Taft. Michael Taft was 10 yards off, and he hit him right on the numbers. And it was a 20-yard game. Uh, or so. I think that Malik Malik is a little bit different than Quinn and probably Arch in that both Quinn and Arch try to play within the confines of the offense. Malik sometimes hunts matchups a little bit more. Um, so we'll see, though, if that that uh, means anything within the confines of what uh, Sark's going to ask him to do on Saturday. I, I still we're talking about Malik an awful lot. Texas, ha- if, if Texas is going to win this game. Okay, take Malik out of it for a second. Texas has to run the football. Yes, I mean so we're talking Malik. BYU knows it. Yes, (laughs) and so we've talked all morning about Malik this, Malik that. What's he going to do? I want to circle back to the reality of it that Jonathan Brooks and Cedric Baxter need to run like men possessed. Savion Red on third and short needs to run like a man possessed. This is a game where the running backs are going to have to come. Uh, if they don't, they're going to have to come with it. They just are. Uh, if they don't, it's it's uh, it's going to be a long night. The offensive line needs to be aggressive. Uh, BYU's uh, – B, the thing about BYU that people don't understand, they're, they're typically older players, right? I, actually, a lot of people do. I, I'm not giving people enough credit. They're typically older players because some of them gone on missions. They are also play smarter. Than, than the average team, typically, right? Because they're older. It's not just that they're more physically developed. They're also, they've been through this. They, they get, they understand it. Um, and so for a first-year quarterback to try to go up against that can be difficult at times. Uh, Kansas scored a lot of points against them, against them, Jerry, and made them not look so good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that it's going to be like that for Texas. I mean, I haven't put in my my score prediction right now, but I don't, Look, I don't know that Texas or uh, or BYU get to 30 in this game. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I'd be surprised. Yeah. 
Uh, we have a question here from Terrell Hennigan. He says, do you think we can catch BYU slipping because of our quarterback situation? Maybe sneaking some deep shots over their head because they're really aggressive against the run. I, 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 I don't think you're going to – I mean, look, you watch Malik Murphy throw one pass and – BYU defense coordinator is going to understand he's got a he's got a he's got an ability to throw the ball from here to Mars, like he's got a bigger arm than Arch or Quinn. Uh, period. So I don't think you're going to quote unquote sneak it. I do think you'll see the safeties come down and support the run more. And so there you're going to look at I mean quick slants, uh, maybe big to Xavier Worthy if he can hit one. Uh, or to A.D. Mitchell, because that then the, the safeties vacated the field on an RPO. Those sorts of things would be interesting, Blake. And well, here's, here's the thing I would say, too. Um, BYU is going to be familiar with him. They recruit California up and down the coast. It's very likely they've seen him in high school. So the, I, I, it, it's not like he's going to walk out onto the field and the BYU staff's going to be surprised. I, that, as much as they recruit California – I betting you a house payment. They had a coach or two at one of the high school practices of his. They probably evaluated him as well in high school. Uh, they're going to be a, there's going to be a familiar. I don't think they're going to get caught napping with his arm talent. All right, guys, we have a super chat here from Jay Lee. Thank you, Jay. And he says, it doesn't matter who our quarterback or opponent is. I feel like each of our last games will come down to the last few minutes. Could be. Um, you know, I feel like the, the biggest look, Kansas state looks like the toughest game left on the schedule. Does anybody disagree with that? Um, I think they're the best team. I think they're the best team on the schedule, but it is a home game, but I do think they're the best team. I, I think Kansas state's the best, best team and has the best situation right now of all the teams remaining on the schedule. Um, uh, that doesn't mean I think going to Iowa State is going to be easy, uh, but they need to play Bo Davis on repeat before that game. Yeah. Um, the 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 idea that Texas is going to be favored across the board, I don't know about that anymore. Given the quarterback situation, I still, I mean, I looked at it this morning. It was seventeen and a half points. Still, Texas favored over BYU. That is just amazing to me. Um, given the a new quarterback. Uh, but we'll see. All right, we'll see. Uh, then we have another super chat that we need to get to, and this one from Antonio Harris. Thank you, Antonio. He says, throw a deep first play. Keep them honest. They don't have the speed, period, to stick with anyone. Cook will have a coming out party this week. I think that's interesting. Uh, you know, it's not a bad thought unless you get sacked. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad until it's second and 15. <laughs> Or a fumble. <laughs> but here's, here's one thing. You know where Quinn was real is really, really good, guys? Those horizontal short passes, he gets it out so quick, almost like a shortstop. There is a difference with him between him and Malik there. I mean, that is Quinn is like – I'm not saying he is Matthew Stafford as a quarterback. He's Matthew Stafford-like in the way that ball just flips out there really quick. And you can throw it – that guy could throw that pass from under his hip and it'd be accurate on those throws. So I'm interested to see that opening script, if there's a little bit of difference because Quinn just got it out horizontally so fast. All right, y'all, we've talked a, a lot extensively about the offense. We'll do one more offensive question and then let's jump over to the defense. And Ted Apare, one, 
Do we see a lot of RPO runs out of 21 personnel and maybe a couple of deep shots? I don't think BYU can stop that. 21 personnel. That's two running backs, one tight end. Man, they haven't run a lot of 21 at all this year. Um, so I don't know that I see that. Uh, I'd be interested in what he, why he thinks, why he's thinking 21 personnel. Uh, that would be we'll, my question. We'll, we'll let him rebuttal and then we'll yeah. come back to yeah, it yeah, I, a little bit. I don't, I don't see a 21 person. I mean, Texas has not used Baxter and Brooks together very often uh, this year. They've done some stuff where they put Jordan Whittington in the backfield at, at simultaneously, but not true 21 personnel looks. Right, we'll circle back to that one. Shabam Patel says, Hey guys, so we move Anthony Hill to edge since we're lacking depth and production at that position. Seems like he has the traits to get to the quarterback rather than playing the linebacker. I'm anti that move, and here's why. I think you can have a package for him, but this kid wants to be an NFL linebacker. And in recruiting, that's important. And he's and they want and, and Sarks mentioned they want to develop him as a linebacker. Um, he didn't come to Texas to play edge, and that gets into a little bit of a dangerous game in recruiting. I, I like him at a linebacker. I think he needs to learn, work, and work and develop in coverage. I think you have a package for him as an edge rusher, but I don't think you move him to edge. I don't think that's good for his development, and I don't think that's good in recruiting. I agree with Jerry about situationally, only situationally. And, and by the way, if you, if you started lining him up at edge, I think Bobby Petronic says people are just going to combo block him in the run game, and that's not going to end well for him. Or Texas. Yeah. Or Texas. <laughs> and then- I mean, let's put this in perspective. Casey Lane said something great. Texas is sitting there trying to flip Justin Williams from Georgia or Ty Anthony Smith from, uh, from Texas A&M. The minute you start lining Anthony Hill up at edge the entire game, you can kiss those guys goodbye. It matters in recruiting. No doubt. All right, this next question comes from E. Kim. He says, good morning from Rockford, Illinois. Does LaFowle or Akana get more playing time against BYU? I thought it was interesting Akana traveled and was suited out for the Houston game. I, I'm not I, – I maybe I had missed a couple things in the last couple of games, but I think that surprised me a little bit um, that he was uh, made that trip and was dressed out going through warm-ups at edge. So I wonder if there may be a situational pass rush thing coming – down the line, and I'm not saying it's happening, but it's, I found it interesting. He was suited out and made the trip to Houston, but uh, more time. I mean, I don't, I don't, I can't comment on that. LaFowle plays special teams, so I, yep. I would go with LaFowle. I don't know that either of them are going to get real time, yeah, in this game. Not in, unless it gets, unless it's a big score difference late. Yeah. But, but, here's, but, but here's the deal, guys Ethan Burke's out this week. We, we should probably go over the injuries. Ethan Burke's out. Well, he's week to week. Week to week, according right. to Sark. Week yeah. to week. And we'll see. We'll see. You so in it's Fort Quinn Ewers. Quinn we'll Ewers. See, we'll see you in Fort Worth. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, so Chris Ross is no longer with the program. Ethan Burke will not be suited out this week. Um, so who are your edges? Bobby, I mean, that's something. Tap, Colton Tap, backed up by what, Billy Walton? Yep. Cecilia Kana. Yeah. Sorrell on the opposite side. Because I mean, I think, Bush is out too, we think. Yes. They were rolling Bush down at times. Jet Bush. Akana might have to play. 
you guys don't, I mean, when I was talking about it, thinking about it yesterday or this morning when I was writing that article for Inside Texas about why recruiting matters, do you guys realize how heavily Texas got bent on, on Saturday on defense? I mean, three corners, two safeties, two, a, a linebacker slash defensive end, a defensive tackle. I mean, that's like, that's serious stuff. I mean, that, I, yeah. I don't know what to say. Uh, a def- okay. Another defensive end. I said one, but I mean, Burke was playing on one leg half the game. Yeah. Hey, uh, Bobby Petronic said Bledsoe. I, I, I actually was told something on Bledsoe yesterday that was interesting. He's up to 285, 287 pounds. So, you know, he came in uh, as a midterm graduate and he, he was going through spring. And people say he looked great in the spring. Obviously, he's a raw player. But then he had the uh, um, he had the surgery, he had the appendectomy, right? So that set him back. Um, and then he struggled to gain weight. But apparently, he's hovering in that mid-280s now, which that is a great sign for his future. Because if that guy with that athleticism can play at 295, 300 pounds, watch the hell out. That's all I'm going to say. There aren't many dudes athletic with that size. All right, this next question, guys, is from Helio Castillo. He says, with Texas defense being great at stopping the run, do you guys think the Texas DBs will play more man coverage and inside leverage? Um, no. <laughs> you said no, I don't. I, I just don't. I, they haven't done it yet. Why would they? I mean, they were great at stopping the run against – Houston, I mean, I, I don't see them changing up what they're doing on defense. I really don't. I know people want them to. I, I don't see that. Maybe they go to a three down. Jerry, maybe they go to a three down front, uh, given their lack of, of personnel right now at edge, you know, and use Maurice Blackwell more. I, I don't I don't know, but they lost. They just lost Jet Bush, who was the guy that, that would do that for them. I, I just don't know how you – I don't know, Helio, how they – with their current personnel group, what exactly they're going to do. I really don't. Because they they were yeah. decimated by injuries on defense a little bit. I, I was not, say, interesting injuries, too. Oh, yeah. I was going to say the big difference this week for Texas versus last week, you don't have quarterback run game threat. So you're going to play a more traditional – you're going to play more traditional defense within your scheme. Uh, so I, that'll be interesting. There's a big difference between – Donovan Smith and Slovis, who's negative 250 rushing yards in his career. Big difference in the way you get to scheme those two teams. All right, Bobby, before we move on to these next questions, I'm going to let you tell everybody about our sponsor today, Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate Adam and his group uh, sponsoring coffee and football each and every uh, Wednesday. Uh, Adam and his team have uh, been working in the Austin area for uh, 20 years now about uh, helping injured Texans uh, if you've been injured on the job or in a car wreck, give Adam and his group a call, 512-280-0800, or visit them at the lowylawfirm.com. That's lowylawfirm.com. Great thing about Adam and his, his group, they give you a free consultation before ever accepting uh, your case, so you'll get an idea of exactly what's going on and what they think about it uh, completely free. That's 512-280-0800, or visit him at LoweyLawFirm.com. All right. And let's see here, guys. It's trivia time. We have a a question for y'all, and hopefully y'all didn't see the answer because it wasn't put in the chat. But Glenn Davis says, 
who's responsible for getting one of the all-time great high school coaches, Gordon Wood, getting hired at Brownwood in 1960. Of course, Gordon Wood went on to win 11 state championships, nine of those in football. But who got him hired in Brownwood? There's only one person I can guess, and that's Daryl Royal. Uh, but time out, but time out. And if Blake doesn't know this answer, this is bad because you oh guys don't put me on the spot. Yes, I'm putting you on the spot because you live in Comanche. Uh, let's hear it. Well, I, I know the answer. Is it Daryl Royal? I didn't answer. know that. I didn't Darryl know that. Royal. You got Gordon Wood hired at Brownwood and he got Emery Ballard hired at Breckenridge. Okay. Breckenridge had an amazing team back in that time as well. But, so, so Gordon, Gordon Wood win a, what, how many state titles was that? Uh, nine. nine in football. So Surratt's going to match him this year at Carthage. I was wondering. So Surratt at Carthage, by the way, nine and zero again. Uh, son sophomore quarterback, the stud sophomore running back. If they win it this year, he's going to rip. He's Surratt's going to end his high school career with like eleven or twelve state titles, which is wild. Yeah, yeah absolutely amazing. There's great offensive coach, unbelievable play caller in four in fourth quarters of games. I've never seen anything like it on the high school level. Never. Well, let's talk some more defense, guys. Jake Faust says, there's a lot of talk of moving pieces around in the secondary, yet Austin Jordan is never mentioned. He can play star and corner, and with all the injuries and and ineptitude in the back end, why not give him a shot? Uh, Jake, you're not, you're not, you haven't heard Jerry off camera. So I'll I'll let Jerry (laughs) take this one. (laughs) I I mean, you know, the only thing I'll say there is, I mean, we, we don't know on some level, right? Um, I, I, I think Gary Patterson thought he'd be a hell of a safety, which has always caught my attention because Gary was really good at safety evaluation. But why why not move him around, though? I mean, that the, to the point of we've got three guys at star, Jade Barron, Jalen Gilbo, uh, and Austin Jordan, who are uh, we believe Gilbo and, and Jordan are both at least serviceable. Why not give them one of those guys a shot? Eventually, at safety corner, whatever, move Barron to corner or safety. Yeah, and maybe that's how you get more more speed and more talent on the field. I don't, I don't know right now. Texas needs Ryan Watts to come back. Yeah, that much I do know. When that happens, that helps the that helps just about the entire secondary because it doesn't put as much pressure on run support in some ways from the safeties. I it doesn't. You're not relying on Michael Taft to get out there and beat down a block. Okay, let's see here. We have some more questions. And actually, I want to go back to recruiting for just a minute because we we talked, we were talking about that earlier and we're still having lots of them. Um, and we've had a couple of comments about Landon Rink, Jerry. Uh, so can you give us the latest on him? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Texas and OU have kind of been the top two for him. Uh, and I think he's just wanted to take his process slow. I mean, he's been naming him a few times as well. Um, I think he's just kind of going through his process. Um, you know, we had heard some things late in the summer that maybe something could happen, then it didn't happen. Um, so I think he's just kind of, he's just going through his process right now. And, um, you know, I think Texas as, you know, they love Brandon Brown at O'Galley in, in Melbourne, Florida. Uh, John Simon from uh, Jacksonville Reigns is coming in this weekend unofficially, a kid that Texas offered. There's uh, Zion Williams at Lufkin's tremendous. I was at Mansfield Timberview yesterday. Dylan Battles, a kid Texas really likes. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of guys too at that position. I want to say this. I mean, last I heard on Landon Rink was that uh, OU was definitely trying to. I mean, they they were 
Todd Bates, just to give you an idea, the, the defensive line coach, he's texting guys during the middle of games at halftime. Yeah. So he's going to be a lot of players' favorite coach. Yeah. Because he gives them the TLC. Yeah. Doesn't mean he's going to sign them all, but that's, you know, I don't know if I want my coaches texting recruits in the middle of a game. But <laughs> I don't want, I, and I don't want Chris Boyd on Twitter during the middle of a game. No, you don't want that either. <laughs> but my point, my point being, you know, it, I think a high schooler might get infatuated with that kind of oh, stuff. Oh no, no question that it happens. There's no question. Yeah, I, I mean, I've heard about it. We heard about it in the recruitment this year, and the kid didn't end up at OU, but Todd Bates made an impression. Yeah. Uh, then we have we've had some questions about Kobe Black as well, um, and I want to read this one specifically. Tony Mattia says in an article today it was mentioned Kobe Black is considering playing with his brother at Oklahoma State for one year and is an option. Is that a serious threat? This dragging out is starting to worry me. And then Jay Lee tags on and says, "What's the latest in general on Kobe Black?" Uh, Justin Wells was at, uh, over at uh, Connolly yesterday, and um, I, everything remains the same. Uh, Texas is considered the favorite there. Um, Oklahoma has been trying to make a push of late. A&M still trying. Uh, but Texas is the favorite there. Um, on the Oak State stuff, I mean, I haven't, I, you know, I, I haven't heard that that's serious to this point. And it's not. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, he's not going to, that, that guy's not going to Oklahoma State. Yeah, I don't see that either. All right. So earlier we were talking about the, the 21 personnel at Tedapoli. So he finally uh, came back, and his reason was BYU can't stop the run, and it's not on film. And so that was his his reasoning why. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not on film. That Like, I don't know if Texas is going to break it out for BYU. Uh, maybe they do. I mean, maybe all of a sudden that's that's what they look at in the second half of the season. Um, I, I don't th- I don't think that though. I, I wouldn't bet on it since they haven't done it to date. Agree. Uh, longest horn says I asked y'all a couple of weeks ago if JT Sanders was physical enough for y'all's liking. Y'all said yes. Has your opinion changed? I think um, he's still physical enough. I don't think he's I, I don't think he's great at it. <laughs> Don't give me, I mean, there's a difference. Is he physical enough? Yes. Is he great? No. At, at being physical. That's, that's the reality. Uh, his pass pro definitely leaves something to be desired. Uh, but for sealing off the backside, he's been reasonable all season. I think uh, physical after he catches the ball is a plus. He looks to be the most physical player with the ball in his hand. Uh, Bob, to Bobby's point off the backside in pass pro, um, he wasn't physical enough Saturday. Right, Brett sixty four seventy three says Jerry and Bobby, is there any phase of BYU's game or certain players that scare you heading into Saturday's matchup? Well, yeah, okay, yes, and but I think because of Texas struggles rushing the passer, it's not like oh my gosh they may stymie Brian or Akpo. BYU's offensive line only gives up one point two nine sacks a game, which is like 24th in the country. So while there are statistics on offense are horrific, that is one area where they're really good. And they have an experienced quarterback. I think that helps. It's played 10 seasons. But since Texas doesn't have great pass rush anyways with their front four, it's not something you're looking at saying, oh my gosh, if BYU stymies our great edge pass rushers, what are we going to do? That's the strength of their offense. They're good in pass pro. Or they have Um, to this point. The the thing that bother that that concerns me is the BYU defense being turnover prone or turnover in, influenced right now. I I I said this earlier. 
you've got a young quarterback and a, a defense that likes to to turn the ball over. That's not necessarily the uh, mix that you want to hear as a Texas fan. So if if there's anything that worries me in this game, it's that. It's not Keaton Slovis in the BYU offense, although I'm not saying they're bad or anything like that. It's the the mismatch may be an adult defense prone for turnovers versus a, a freshman quarterback that hasn't done it before. That's the worry for me. Well, guys, we've got time for just a few more questions here this morning. And uh, Vicenzo R says, why don't they give Red some more red zone looks outside of Wildcat and outside of fourth and short? He seems to be the most physical back with the frame built for the red zone. But I, I will say this. I mean, why don't they run red? Brian Irwin mentioned this, Jerry and Blake, on lunch with the coach. Why don't they run Red Cat sometimes on first and 10 just to mix it up? Give, just, give, give, give teams something else to worry about. You don't have to just run Z- Savion Red A or B. I, I think the reason they don't is because Cedric Baxter and Jonathan Brooks are better running backs overall than uh, Savion Red. And, and, I, and I also think that's just not – I mean, Sark doesn't like to take the ball out of his quarterback's hands. I mean, he hasn't started running this on the goal line until he had to. He likes the ball in his quarterback's hands. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't like taking a quarterback off the field or out of a play. Yeah. Hey hey guys, I'm getting a text saying Lincoln Riley has been gone from USC campus for three straight days. And Cliff Kingsbury has been activated as on field coach. There was rumblings in the chat earlier. People were talking about Cliff Kingsbury. Um, we, you know, when that original comment came up, we brought earlier saying that he had been activated. I haven't read any of that, but there was, like I said, people in the chat were talking about it earlier in the show for sure. So Supp- somebody so- saying supposedly he's sick. I, that's just, that's weird. I hope it's not anything serious. If that's the case. Well, uh, some people are saying he was in Chicago. That's where it's getting the story's getting interesting. That he was at the airport sick. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Maybe he's sick of being at USC. Yeah. <laughs> maybe so, maybe he's sick I'm of I'm just I'm just telling you, I'm just I'm reading a text I got from someone I trust. It wouldn't surprise me. It would not surprise me. All right, here's an interesting question from Jimmy S. Who do you think benefits the most from a new quarterback? Out of all the wide receivers, uh, maybe DeAndre Moore. It's going to be a strange answer for me. Um, you know, of all the guys that don't, maybe Jordan Whittington as well, uh, because Quinn, I don't necessarily think looked heavily at Jordan's side. I think he he. Those are those are the two for me, the slot guy, Whittington and Moore. Jerry. Um. I think uh, I think AD Mitchell. Actually, I, I'm going with AD Mitchell. Interesting. This. I mean, look, could throw more one-on-one balls, right, Jerry? Yep. Yep. I got yeah, yeah. and, and look at the route they threw against U of H when he was in the game. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, so much, so much like with, with Worthy, so much of it is boom, quick game, let him go. Quinn's strength is shortstop throw out to the to the left or right and and Xavier gets an easy catch and then it's up to some Jordan Whittington or somebody to make a block um if you're going to be running longer routes just kind of look at AD Mitchell against Oklahoma 
some of those things you see. I, I think A.D. Mitchell may be a benefactor. Uh, we have a super chat, guys. Jay Lee, once again, and thank you once again, Jay. He says, can you make an argument for BYU on how they can win this week's ballgame? Bobby can. Turnovers. <laughs> <laughs> Turnovers. Texas turns the ball over five times like uh, Texas Tech did last week. BYU is going to win. Turnovers. That That is absolutely – I mean, you turn over a young quarterback or two young quarterbacks if Texas has to play both. That That's absolutely their path to victory, in my opinion. Yeah. Score, score 10 to 17 points on offense, turn the other team over four times, five times. Okay, guys. Last question for today. We've done some hypotheticals, so we're going to end the show on a hypothetical. Terrell Hennigan says, who is your what could have been player at Texas? He personally says Ramon's Taylor. He contributed a lot, but should have been a superstar. And his close second is David Axe. I think Bobby's going deep in the bag, like into the 80s on this one. You're no, There's no doubt. I know More where he's talented. Going. One of the five most talented players ever at the University of Texas is a guy named Edwin Simmons. Yep out of uh, Hawkins, Texas, um, was the number one rated quarterback in the number one rated running back in the country coming out of high school, played uh, a little bit for Texas and looked like a million bucks against OU. Um, I think that Edwin Simmons is a guy that uh, if y'all got a chance to see him, he was back. He was Adrian Peterson, Jerry, to give you an idea of what he looked like. That kind of long angular running back. Uh, you know, a lot of people try to compare him to Eric Dickerson, but he wasn't that fast. He's more, he was more Adrian Peterson, had some physicality to him and could just run, but he just, he, he had a knee surgery back when an ACL was a big thing. Yeah. I mean, running guys don't understand that, that are around today. Now, uh, a, a guy gets a knee injury and it's, oh, he'll be back next year and he'll probably be as good or better than he was. Right. It's not the case. It, that was not the case back then. If you got a knee surgery, you could guarantee a guy that was four five was going to be four seven or four eight. Yeah. And oh God, Robert Joseph on defense. He was really good. Oh my goodness. Uh that's a great one, Casey. Hey, and by the way, Robert Joseph and Andre Jones went down. They were two, I believe, in the same class, got arrested about the same time, maybe the same deal. Andre yeah. Jones was one of the best D tackles Mac Brown ever recruited. Nobody ever got to see him play. Yeah. Man, Dion Beasley. I haven't heard that name in forever. Jerry, I'm going to go ahead and let you give your answer on what could have been. Oh, gosh. I was going to say Edwin Simmons, even though I didn't have – just what based on studying him, I knew where Bobby was headed with it as soon as that question popped up, and I just don't think there's been many guys like him that were ever born. No, he was a top five – I mean, he – He's a top five offensive player or prospect at the running back position at Texas of all time. Yeah. And think about who I'm putting that up there with. Yeah. So to get better than him is going to be something else. Okay, guys. Well, Bobby, before we get out of here, I'm going to let you tell everybody what they can expect later today on On Texas Football. Yeah, not only on On Texas Football, but also Inside Texas. Uh, uh, on Texas Football, we have a state of the program. I'm going to speak with Eric Nalene here in a couple hours, uh, talk to him about what's going on across the, the program here, if he's got some news uh, behind the scenes for, for Texas. 
Uh, and then tonight we have the live stream, 7 o'clock. Justin Wells, Rod Babers, and Ray Peters uh, is hosting. Uh, that'll be around. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming up in the next uh, couple days uh, as well on Inside Texas. Uh, recruiting news, don't forget uh, right now at Inside Texas, $1 for two months, and you must select the monthly offer. Use promo code OTFIT23. Uh, the other thing that to be looking for, obviously, is this commitment that's coming down at 4 o'clock today from Ryan Wingo. We believe and have been led to believe as of two weeks ago that it was likely Missouri. However, we do know that Texas has made this interesting uh, into the final hours. So we will, Jerry and I, clearly, as well as all the Inside Texas crew, will be on top of that. If something happens, we fundamentally will be back here with a live stream uh, on Ryan Wingo tonight, so or this afternoon. Uh, so uh, we'll see uh, you guys then. Hopefully, cross your fingers, maybe something happened. Uh, with Ryan Wingo and the Texas Longhorns. And only thing I got to say, happy Wimby Day for all the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> My butt will be sitting somewhere watching his debut against the Mavs tonight. I'm ready. There has never been anything like him. I just hope he stays healthy. Oh, and the Rangers defense, Diamondbacks in the, in the World Series too, guys. Got, got my tickets last night. Yep. I'm going Saturday. Are you really? You're yep. going to game? You Good don't want to know how much I paid, but I got them. <laughs> Good for you, Blake. Uh, going to a World Series, is a, I feel like it's a once-in-a-lifetime treat, man. Definitely. All right, guys. Well, that Ryan Wingo news alone is enough reason to like and subscribe and then ring the bell so you're notified anytime a new video is posted, like in the event, as Bobby says, that they go live in case a commitment happens. So be sure to do that. We want to thank all of you for tuning in. Thank our sponsor, Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Thank you for all the super chats. And for Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Welcome, guys.